Word of the Father, now. 
Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Sing this out with me. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye and the host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit now Oh, God, be praised. Oh, God, be praised. Oh, 
Let's bow our heads together. In this wonderful season, Lord, we bless you. In this difficult season, we bless you. At the end of a trying year, we bless you. In the anticipation of your soon return for us, your church, we bless you, Lord. God, you've been good to us, and we want to make sure that our heart is exposed to you, not just in your omniscience, but through our expression. I'm grateful for my life, my wife, my babies, Lord, my health, my friends, for this house, lifelong friendships. I'm just grateful, Lord. And we offer you our praise this morning, a heart of gratitude, giving unto the Lord the glory do his name. Lord, would you just honor us with your presence today? Speak to us from your word. Draw us nearer to you. And even now, Lord, and I know you've been doing this this year, but even now, quicken our, our, our heart to be focused more on you than ever before, that our eyes will be heavenward and that we'll be preparing to meet you soon. I thank you, Lord, for your promises that are still yes and amen and that will come to pass. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. You may be seated this morning. Good morning, guys, and post-Merry Christmas to you guys this morning. I know, like me, it seemed a little surreal that we were walking into a Sunday, but I am glad that we get to be in the Lord's house today. I hope you guys are, too. Um, I just wanted to greet you guys this morning. My name is Kelly, and on behalf of my husband, John, and the rest of our staff here, I just want to say good morning and welcome to you guys. We're so grateful that we get the chance to worship together today. If you're a first-time visitor with us today and our greeters happen to miss you as you're walking in the door, um, please do me a huge favor and make sure you stop by our greeting table on your way out. We just have a small gift that we want to put in your hand, um, and we'd like to just have a conversation with you if we can serve you in any way, uh, tell you a little bit about our church. If you'd like for any of our elders or anything to come and visit with you, we'd love to do that as well. Um, we just want to be here for you in the way that you need. So um, please be sure that you contact us and, and let us know. Um, I'm going to go ahead and ask them to play our announcement video, and then we will go ahead with our time of tithes and offerings. Good morning. We hope you've enjoyed your Christmas holidays this week. We just want to remind you that on January 9th, we will be kicking off Sunday school again at 9 a.m. for all ages. Also, on January 12th, our Wednesday night classes will resume. For more information, you can check us out at ChristChapelMacon.com or Facebook and Instagram at ChristChapelMacon. Don't forget, too, that as we're starting the new year, um, be sure to check your Christ Chapel app for all of our start dates. But... Um, do make sure that, especially if you're in our men's Bible study or if you're a gentleman in the church, um, we will be having on Wednesday nights our Carter Conlon study, 180 Degree Christian. It is a fantastic book. It's very challenging, 
I just want to um, highly recommend that to you guys. We have some books up here if you're interested in participating, or you can find it on Kindle as well. Oh, they're $10, so anyway. <laughs> they can be hard to find. I scout, We scour thrift books for them as much as possible. But, um, but they are also available on Kindle as well. So, guys, um, we're just about to, as the music plays, we're just about to take a moment um, and continue to honor the Lord with our giving. And I do just want to ask, this is a holy moment. It's a worship unto him. And so take a moment in your hearts um, to pray over your giving. And um, the baskets are up here, and then one of our pastors will come and pray, and then we'll hear the preached word. I love that song. Well, I didn't get jammed into jamming to that song. I was about to break out and sing, but I decided to save you from that because I can't carry a tune in a bucket. So we'll just move into the sermon. Good morning, church family. Merry Christmas for uh, everybody here today. Um, I was given the opportunity or told I would have the opportunity to preach today about two weeks ago, and as soon as it was mentioned to me, and Pastor John called me and said, or texted me and said, hey, can you preach on the 26th? And I was like, absolutely. And it was like, unto us a child is born. That verse just immediately started to stir in my spirit. And I started to reflect on that. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a child is born. And I was like, well, of course, because it's going to happen just as he said. And I was like, uh-oh, I'm getting a sermon. <laughs> unto us a child is born just as he said. And that is what I want to talk to you about this morning. That's what I want to share with you, share my heart. Today is the last Sunday of 2021, amen? There been some hills and valleys for everybody, I would submit, but God is faithful, and we shame the devil with our testimony, right? We're justified by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Even though some things tried to take us out this year, we're still here because God has a plan. He's faithful to his plan, amen? So today is the last day, the Sunday of 2021. Next time we come together, it'll be 2022. I think somebody lost count. I feel like Tom paused in 2020, and people are telling me it's about to be 2022. I'm like, I think you missed a number somewhere or something. I don't know. Things are flying by and happening fast, but I want us to take time this morning and meditate on this, reflect on God's faithfulness. Do you know that you serve a Lord, the only one that has a flawless historical record? There's not another one, not a single one, not a single person, not a single God, nothing. Our God has a flawless historical record. He is perfect in every way. He has been faithful 
to every covenant, every promise, and every insurance he has made along the way. Everything that he has ordained, everything that he has purposed, everything that he has decreed has taken place according to his perfect plan. And it has happened just as he said. It might not have happened the way we expected it to. It might not have happened the way we saw it playing out in our head. But it happened nevertheless, and it happened just as he said. Everything has been presented to us, and it's coming according to his word, just as he said. Unto us a child is born, just as he said. Christ suffered and restored our relationship with God, just as he said. Christ reigns supreme and will return for us, just as he said. I want to give you a little context before I start getting into a bit of the scripture that I have for you. Then I'm going to tell you how to set up your notes page, and we're going to shoot through this before the kids start floating, all right? <clears throat> a little context. The prophetic fulfillment recorded in the Bible. Isaiah prophesied of the coming king over 700 years before Christ would be born. 700 years before he prophesied. But it happened just as he said. It might not have happened when we thought or how we thought, but it happened just as he said. The last prophet to stand before the Israelite people and speak before God was Malachi around 420 B.C. Then we could move into the inner intestinal period but between the Testaments, the Old and the New, 420 years of silence. We don't hear a word from God. The people of God do not hear him speaking directly to them from a prophet. And then that silence is broken with the birth of John the Baptist and punctuated by the birth of Christ. So can you imagine that there's a lot of ground that happens between unto us and just as he said? But it is going to happen because it will happen just as he said. When is it going to happen? When the fullness of time has taken place. When the fullness of time arrives, it's going to happen just as he said. Whether it's 700 years, 2,000 years, whether we feel like we're in a period of silence for 400 years, it's going to happen just as he said, believer. Okay, so if you're taking notes, I want to give you the breakdown. You're making a graph today, okay? On the first side, the first column, unto us. The second column, just as he said. Point one, a child. Point two, a, our savior. Point three, our reigning and returning king. Those are your rows. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm told you I'm, a, I'm ready to hit the ground running, all right? So two columns, <laughs> unto us, and just as he said, there's your two columns. We have three points, those are your rows. A child, our savior, our reigning and soon returning king. So number one, a child. This goes in the unto us column. Isaiah 7:14. Christ is born of a virgin. 7:14 in Isaiah. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall you shall call his name Emmanuel. There's a just as he said verse that complements that. In Matthew chapter 1, 21 through 23, it'll happen just as he said. Now, there are 700 years in between this, and we have the advantage of holding a Bible and flipping from Isaiah 7:14 to Matthew 1:21. but the people that lived those 700 years did not have that advantage. Nevertheless, they were counted righteous according to their faith. We stand on our faith, a sure faith that Christ is faithful, that God is faithful, that it's going to happen just as he said. In Matthew 1, 21 through 23, it's common knowledge that Mary was a virgin. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save 
his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Verse 23, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. If we turn over to Isaiah chapter 9, 6 through 7, this is an unto us verse. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That's the prophecy in Isaiah. 700 years later, we have the advantage of flipping to Luke chapter 2, 8 through 11 to see the fulfillment. I'm going somewhere with this because there's an unto us that's been given to us. And there's a just as he said that hasn't been realized yet, but I want you to know that there's a historical record, a flawless historical record of our God doing exactly what he said. And we stand in faith during the time. Before we see the just as he said, we stand on the faith of his goodness, his graciousness, his altogether perfectness and righteousness. And if that gets shook, look back at his historical record and you will find it is flawless. It is perfect. In Luke 2, 8 through 11, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So over 700 years later, we see the fulfillment, just as he said, just as he spoke and revealed to Isaiah, just as Isaiah proclaimed to the people and wrote that for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. But there was a time where I submit to you that somebody walking in those 700 years had the same doubts, had the same insecurities, and the same frustrations that we may find ourselves facing today. Nevertheless, they stand firm on their faith, and it happens just as he said. Hold on to that, believer. It's going to play out just as he said. Zechariah and Elizabeth are given a word from God. This is an unto us, still on a child. Luke 1, 13 through 17. That's Luke 1, 13 through 17, unto us. But the angel said to him, Zechariah, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. This is John the Baptist. This is the prophecy that he's given Zechariah. This is the 400 years of silence being shattered. 
I, if you know the story, Zechariah has shows unbelief and is silenced and not allowed to speak again. So the silence carries on until the miraculous conception of John the Baptist occurs. But listen to this. I want you to tune into something here. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from the mother's womb. Luke 1, 41 through 45, it happened just as he said. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed are you when you believe that there is going to be a fulfillment of that which the Lord has spoken to us. That is the word of God. That is a special revelation that we have to hold on to. It is flawless, inerrant, and perfect. The historical record is flawless. If you want to get in debates about translations and the reliability and how do we know this is actually what was written, uh, get in touch with the church. I will have that talk in my office. Uh, it, it's not just blind faith. There is a perfect historical record that goes along with the Word of God. It is reliable. It is trustworthy. You will find the testimony of your life will point to that. The testimony of those that we see in the Bible will point to that that God gives us, unto us a Savior is born, and unto us the gift of salvation has been given, and unto us a God, Christ will return to take us with him. And it's going to happen just as he said, believer, just as he said. A baby left in the womb, filled with the Holy Spirit, hearing the voice of the mother that carried Jesus Christ. Just as he said. Number two, our Savior. Unto us. This is Genesis 3.15. God reveals his universal plan for salvation. I want you to know that when Adam and Eve partook of the fruit, God wasn't scrambling in and going, uh-oh, what am I going to do now? It was always his plan. He knew what we would do. And in that foreknowledge, he knew that we would need a Savior. And he provided that. Listen in Genesis 3.15. I like what Alistair Begg said, if you were with us, for the American Gospel documentary. The entire Bible is a book about Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus is prophesied. In the Gospels, Jesus is revealed. In the Acts, Jesus is preached. In the Epistles, Jesus is explained. In Revelation, Jesus is expect, ex expected. We expect him, church. So in Genesis 3.15, there is no wonder when the whole book is about Jesus that we see the Lord speaking to the adversary and to Adam and Eve, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Christ came and crushed the head of Satan. He conquered death, hell, and the grave so that he could give us the free gift of salvation that through faith we would become righteous and become the righteousness of God and be able to walk in perfect communion with him. John the Baptist identifies Jesus as the Messiah, another unto us. So I submit to you there is a pretty good amount of time between Genesis 3.15 and John 1.29. I'm, I'm not, I couldn't give you the date, but I bet it was a long time. It's pretty long. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's going to come just as he said. 
he came just as he said. When he said in Genesis 3.15, her offspring is going to crush your head, there was a fulfillment that took place in John 1.29 when John the Baptist looked up and saw his cousin and was like, there's a revelation there. I would submit to you that cousins have bumped into each other before. But when there was a fullness of time, there was a revelation, and John saw it, and he said, Behold. And the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's unto us. Jesus shared his purpose with his disciples. Unto us. Matthew 20, 25 through 28. But Jesus called them, and and. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great, you must be your servant. And whoever would be the first among you, you must be the slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Unto us a child is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who comes for all people to take away the sin of the world, to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus shares his purpose with the disciples again. Unto us, John 2, 13 through 19. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen, and he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. And then his disciples remembered. John, our pastor, has often shared to us, prophecy becomes clear in hindsight, right? How many times do we see that just in Jesus' three-year ministry? There's philosophers and historians out there that don't even believe that God is the God of the Bible that will tell you Jesus was the most impactful single person in all of human history. For the three years his ministry was visible, he made the biggest impact on the world out of any one person ever. We change our timeline according to his birth. Before Christ, A.D. And I don't care... Who says before common error and want to strip the things off of it? It doesn't matter. That's the event. Whatever you want to call the size of the timeline, that's the event. Christ was born, and you recognize that. Philosophers and historians recognize that his ministry was the most impactful, the most impactful of any one person in the entire record of history. And they see these things walking with him in his ministry in three years. As he tells those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. So, so the Jews said to him, what sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus answered to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. Unto us a Savior is born. And he rose just as he said. Just as he said. He rose. He conquered. He gave himself as the perfect sacrifice, the spotless lamb. And then he rose, conquering hell, death, Satan, and the grave. And he led captivity captive. He went into Abraham's bosom and took all of those who had died in the historic timeline before his death, before his justification and redemption took place. And he led captivity captive, and he took them with him. 
in Matthew 28, 1 through 7. He is risen, just as he said. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was an angel. There was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone, and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. They saw an angel, a messenger of God, and stroked out. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, just as he said. Just as he said, believer. Come, see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. See, I've told you. I'm telling you because you didn't believe it when he told you. Because there was something along the way that shook your faith and made you doubt. But I'm here to remind you that the one that told you is God Almighty. The one that stepped out on nothing and created everything. The one that has no beginning and has no end. Who always was and always will be. The God that we serve. It's going to happen just as he said, believer. Just as he said. Number three. Our reigning and returning king. Christ came to us. He fulfilled his role on the earth in the historical timeline. And now, he is highly exalted unto us. In Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That may escape us, the gravity of that. Roman historians wrote that death on a cross was so humiliating, so degrading, so painful, so awful that far from it be even from the thoughts of a Roman citizen. You ever wonder how God feels about sin? Look at the cross. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even on the cross. He bore our punishment. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's not a maybe. That is going to happen, just as he said. Every tongue above earth, on the earth, under the earth. You don't think Satan knows who Jesus is? He knows exactly who God is. You don't think his demons know? Remember the story of Legion? And he's there. Have you come to torture us before the time? They know exactly who Jesus is. And they are all going to confess to the glory of God. To, they, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all to the glory of God. That's going to happen just as he said. Brooke, if you would come, please. Christ testifies of God's love, goodness, mercy, and grace that has been given unto us. In Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, we read, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, 
God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the, pow by the word of his power. After making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high having become in as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. I want you to catch this, that after making purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Do you know what no other temple has ever had? A chair. The high priest in the temple was never done. His job was never done. We. A, a, a cursory review of our own lives will testify to the fact that we, <laughs> we're forgiven and a minute later we've messed it up. This guy didn't have time to sit down. He's making sacrifice for his own sins, for the sins of the people, for, on behalf of everyone. He is making sacrifice at all times. He's on his feet. There is no sitting down for the high priest. What did Jesus do? He walked through a temple in heaven not made by the hands of men or of earthly things that perish he carried his blood to the mercy seat and he sat it there he was exalted and highly lifted up and he took his seat because just as he said on the cross it was finished his work was finished that atoning work the blood he placed on the mercy seat it was complete for all there is no more need to sacrifice bulls and goats lambs and rams doves and grain he did it all, and he sat down in the place of majesty, in a place of honor. His name is above every other name. And when he returns, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. This next one is an unto us and a just as he said. For it's an unto us now that we stand in faith, and it's going to happen just as he said. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. And so we will always be with the war, Lord. Therefore, encourage one another in these words, that there was 700 years between the time Isaiah said, unto you a child is born. And then we flip over and read in the Gospels that for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior that has come to take away the sin of the world for all people. Don't get shook in this last hour, believer. Be waiting. Be looking for Christ. If you die before then, you get to go first. Don't let the fear of death rule you. Death, where is your sting? Absent from the body, I'm present with the Lord. And if I don't go before he returns, I'm going to be caught up in the air with him. And if I read in Philippians, I see that he's going to come back. And with the great and mighty power, the same authority, which he will bring everything under the earth under his control. He will give me a, a, a redeemed, glorified body just like his so that I can be in his presence. And so it shall ever be. This is not a feel-good tale to encourage you through hard times. This is truth. His, 
historical record is flawless. When the fullness of time has come, it will happen just as he said, believer. There will be a shout, the trumpet of God and the shout of the archangel from heaven, and he's coming back. Just as he said, we're going to go and be with him just as he said. Does that mean that our life's going to be easy and great and we're not going to have problems? No, it rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. That's not what that means. That means we have a blessed hope that no matter what happens, if we pay attention to the word of God, we will know that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us because we are completely submitted to his will for us. And whether we abase or abound, whether we're hungry or whether we're full, whether we're comfortable or whether we're freezing cold or sweating like there's no tomorrow, he is faithful. He is our God and he is coming for us just as he said. He is faithful in everything he's ever said. Don't be confused. Don't be deceived. Remember that when the disciples went to Christ and said, what's going to be the sign that you are coming back? The first thing out of his mouth is, be careful you are not deceived. There is more deception today and more, it's more readily available to us than ever before. Know, know the word of God, believer. I know I didn't walk you through an expository sermon today, but read a verse and pick out three points and make it alliterative. But I gave you the word of God. And if you wrote it down, go back and read those scriptures. Read the scriptures around them. Get you a study Bible. Don't make excuses. I can't understand the Bible. Buy a children's Bible. Call somebody and get some guidance. Buy a student study Bible. Now, you, you wouldn't give up if somebody was telling you, you can go hunting, but these, 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 these obstacles are in the way. You would figure it out. I want to go fishing, but I have all these obstacles in the way. Okay, what do I got to do to overcome that? Because I'm going fishing. Be that determined about getting in the Word and knowing the Word of God, because it is your helmet of salvation. It is your breastplate of righteousness. It is your belt of truth. It is your sword. Your feet will be shod with peace. How do I know that? Because it's in the Word of God, and it is given unto us, and it will happen just as he said, believer. This has been stirring in me all for two weeks, and I just want you to get it. And no matter what you're going through, there is an unto us, a promise given to you. And there is a promise of expectation. And you can stand firm on that because it's going to happen just as he said. We're getting ready to close the service. But I just, if you're being stirred right now by the Holy Spirit, if you're not regularly here or if you've been here 20 years, if the Holy Spirit is reaching out to you right now, reaching down and quickening your spirit, so you will no longer be dead in your trespasses and sin. I, I pray that you respond. I'm going to give you a short moment to assault the pride, not because coming to the altar is anything special, but to stand up and say, the Holy Spirit is quickening me. I am being brought home. I am being brought into the family of God. I am going to walk with God, and my faith is going to be in Him. If the Holy Spirit's moving you and quickening you and begging you, to respond this is your chance to respond there's nothing magical about coming to the altar but come down here you 
in your word, lay your life down. You don't need a, a, formula, a formula or a certain prayer. Come down here and tell God, I repent. I know I'm a sinner and I'm giving it to you. It's broken. It's shattered. I can't fix it. I'm giving it to you. All I have are ashes. He says, that's okay. I'll give you beauty for them. If it's happening for you today, if your spirit is stirred, come. The altars are open. If you want to rededicate, if you want to say, God, I know I'm not walking with you as closely as I should. The altars are open. Come. Take a moment. Bring it to the altar. Bring it to the foot of the cross. Bring it to Christ. You're not bringing it to Christ's chapel, Pastor Wood, Pastor Jason, anything like that. You're bringing it to the foot of the cross. You're bringing it to God. One more moment. to us a child is born. Thank you, Father, that we have the proof that we have. Thank you for revealing yourself to us, Lord. Thank you for the confidence that we can have that it's going to play out just as you said. We celebrate your son today, Lord. We celebrate that though we were dead in our trespasses and sin, though we were lost, Father, though we hated you, despised you, and spit upon you, we esteemed you not you came for us, Lord. You came for us, Father. Oh, Jesus, we're so, so thankful for you, Lord. We celebrate you and honor you, God. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else want to respond? We're going to close this in prayer. every promise there is a fulfillment and for every problem there's a power for every pain there's a healing and this word this morning for us is such an encouragement picture a two-sided coin two sides the unto us and the answer always together thank you brother powerful, powerful reminder this morning. Before we go home and um, finish out this year, as some of you know, especially the family and friends and those on the worship team, that this is Wade and Brooks' last official day with us here at Christ Chapel. And as they prepare for the next chapter in their life and ministry, I want to say publicly how grateful I am to God for the opportunity to have shared life with you and you and your precious family for many years and for y'all opening your heart and your home up to us as a church. You have been for many years to me um, precious and it's my prayer that God's best would be yours until the return of our Savior. Uh, I so wanted to say it right that I wrote it down. And if you know me, that I'm not, I usually am more spontaneous, but um, 
our love for you and your family will never change nor go away. And Lance and Beth, on behalf of the worship team, y'all had asked to do something special. The biggest compliment I can give you is that I'm different because y'all came. I am a different worshiper. I am a different, I see my community different. I want to run to help more because of you. And I don't know where Wade is. Is Okay, where's Wade? Come here. Come here. Come here, sweet Brent. Come here. Thank you. I'm sorry I'm crying. It's just, I drive my children crazy because I cry. <laughs> I mean it. Thank you. And um, you're two of the hardest working people I've ever met. And you just give from this source of depth that I've never seen two people give. You do not care what it costs you. You just obey. And it's beautiful. I just know that whatever it is that you're fixing to go do, it's going to be beautiful. And I just want to encourage you on your way. Um, the entire worship team, we just put some things together. It is nothing compared to what you've given to us, but it is something just to say thank you. The colorful bag is for your sweet little olive. I mean, uh, yeah, and then this is for you guys from us. So, yes, sir. So the en entire worship team just wants to tell you thank you, and we love you, and we would like to pray for you and bless you on your way to your next calling, okay? Is that okay? Dear Heavenly Father, right now in Jesus' name, we just want to tell you that we love you, and we thank you for Brooke and Wade, and we thank you for their service to the kingdom. We thank you that you use them in a mighty way in this place. Father, in Jesus' name, we just bless them as they go, Father. Uh, bless them in love, and we just ask, Father, that your calling would be strong on their life, continue to to use them in a mighty way. And I pray that wherever their footsteps take them next, Father, that they'll be loved and cherished and used in a mighty way. And Father, we just bless them and we thank you, Father, for the gift that they were to this, this body. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You're dismissed. Thank you. Thank you.